Welcome to the Second Course Podcast, a production of Coppell Bible Fellowship. Every week we discuss our sermon series to expand on what God is teaching us. Grab a chair and join us at the table. Hey everybody, welcome to Coppell Bible Fellowship's The Second Course Podcast. My name is Nathan, I am one of the pastors, and once again, we have got the A-Team Roundtable right here. <laughs> We've got Bar Kef, our senior pastor. We've got Michael, our other pastor here in the room today with us. we got Brent behind the board. Unfortunately, he's not going to be on the mic, but he's there. I promise he's there. He's listening in. But uh, we are coming back at you, and uh, how are you guys doing today? Wonderful. I think... Um I bring the, a minus to the A-plus team, and and Brian's not here. So. I'm not buying that. Yeah, well, okay, so we're still an A. There you go. It might well, be a minus, but it's We are missing a. Brian, but, but yeah. okay, we're okay. We're okay. Apparently, he had something more important to do. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Recovery. It's called recovery. It's, yeah, that's <laughs> right. Recovering from D-Now. Which was such a, a great job. rousing success this weekend. I heard, I heard that. So if you don't know what D-Now is, that's our disciple now we do with our uh, high school and middle schoolers. So uh, it's a yearly thing. They love it, and they have a great time. And... Uh, so we were, uh, yeah, it was a good weekend, busy weekend, but I think right now we are just having a blast with this fall, seeing so many new people coming through the door. That was fun. Uh, well, I, I thought you were going to say because of the temperature, but oh, well, oh it's oh, the yeah, people. That That's true. right. It's yeah, people. it's the people, Thank but it's you. also Thank the you. fact that it was, uh, it's going to be 39 degrees tomorrow. Yeah, we're actually doing this podcast outside we right now. We are doing <laughs> it outside. <laughs> yeah, we want to keep the podcast to 15. In our minds, yeah. we're outside. Well, we want to keep it to 15 to 17 minutes, so Brent said the only way to do that is do it outside, because <laughs> so, we like to talk, but that's okay. Well, if you have been with us, you know that we are in our DNA series, continuing in that, and uh, this week, Michael was up, and uh, it was a great message, had a lot of fun with it, uh, I got to hear it first service, um, but uh, if you were here, you know that we talked about the idea, or beginning the conversation of missions, and starting in a, in a local context, so Michael, why don't you give us a little bit of an overview of what you talked about, and then we'll just kind of jump from there. Yeah, I mean, obviously we're in the DNA series, and we're at a point where we are pivoting from kind of the inner focus of getting fed spiritually and doing the things that early church did together in, in community. And now, what does that what does that mean for us? What should that uh, really the output from all this input be? And it should be to go, which is Christ's command. And so we're going to look at living missional, and like you said, this is week one of the next three weeks talking about this. So the idea was there's opportunities for you to live missional here at CBF, your local congregation, but also in your local community. So I figured the best way to go about getting folks to understand uh, to live missional, but also to have the desire to do it, is to look at a gift that the Lord has given them when you become a believer that the Holy Spirit kind of opens up for you. And I thought, man, if they knew what the gift was that they have been given by the Lord, and then we as a church uh, do our part as pastors and the rest of the community to help develop that gift, then they can walk out their discipleship journey here locally by using that gift. So that was really what I was hoping, that they see the big picture unity of how the church needs everyone to play their part, but also that specifically they have something given to them by the Lord, and the hope is that we can figure out what it is, and then we can find a place for them to serve using it. That's awesome. You know, one of the things, when I came on staff about five years ago, it'll be my sixth year uh, next July, um, we were in the process of creating this thing called discovery. And part of discovery, as you mentioned on Sunday, was being able to identify those gifts, um, which is kind of an unusual way. If you think about discovery in the sense of it's 
obviously geared towards our entire church. And Barkef, one of the things we talked about early on was while it is geared towards our entire church, it's also an entry point for anyone who's new to Coppell Bible. So Barkef, this question is actually for you because of, and this is going to be your question for the time, even though you didn't <laughs> preach on Sunday. Um, okay, go for it. Could you give us a little bit of background on our transition from what was traditionally a newcomer's uh, class session, per se, to the idea of discovery and what Michael is talking about, about being able to be gifted and served, and how that fits the philosophy of what we have here at Coppell Bible Fellowship? Well, I think uh, Michael did a great job on Sunday, and something that he emphasized that uh, we try to emphasize as often as possible is that idea that Jesus said in John 10.10, I came that they might have life and might have it abundantly. So what does that abundant life look like? And we recognize that the average believer, uh, if they're honest with himself or herself, is not living an abundant life. And the question is, why not? It's because the average believer, unfortunately, doesn't understand what they have uh, in Christ now that they've been baptized by the Holy Spirit, the moment they place their trust, their faith in Christ alone. They were supernaturally gifted with at least one gift, perhaps more, supernatural gifts that they did not possess beforehand, certainly didn't have access to beforehand. And when we operate in that giftedness, in God's purpose, by His strength and not our own, suddenly we have an experience like no other. And that is what we want everyone to experience. We don't want them just to come join a community, be part of another club. They can be, they can be at a tennis club. They can be in you know, whatever kind of club they want to be in. But once they understand who they are in Christ and how they are part of not only the universal church, but intended to be part of a local church operating together and experience supernaturally God used them in ways far above what they ever expected Mm -hmm. because of their gifts in Christ. Now that is living the abundant life. And you could hear even when Michael was sharing, he was getting more and more excited just talking about it, just talking (laughs) about it because he's experienced it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was definitely an intensity to the, to the service. And I think that's good because I agree uh, with you in that regard, Barkef, well, it's not that I disagree with you in many, many other <laughs> regards, but I agree with you in that, in that um, di- we talk about discipleship, and Michael, I think you hit on this, and Barkef just did as well, is that the idea of serving, the reality of serving and living that abundant life is not a separate thing from discipleship. You talk about making the pit, making the pivot in the conversation, but it's not that we're moving on to a different subject. It's the natural progression of discipleship, of being built into being being uh, mature in your faith, or maturing, I should say, and then being able to take that uh, and use it. Now, Michael, the question for you is, um, do you feel that not only is that the, the usage of your gifts, but as part of your actual growth? Like, it, it's in the serving, uh, maybe talk about that a little bit, of where we see growth in individuals as part of that discipleship in the action. Yeah, that's a great question because part of what happens, I think, it's like anything else. The more you do it, the more confident you get in it. Uh-huh. And so the when I first started playing any sports, I loved the idea of sports. I loved each sport. When a coach said, I need you to put you at this position I've never played before, I was intrigued. I was looking forward to it. Didn't know how to do it, though. Yeah. But after first practice, I knew a little bit more. Get to the end of the week, I knew a whole lot more get through a first game, I know a whole lot more. And I think it's like that in your spiritual life because you have this gift that is undeveloped, 
Uh, you hopefully through the church you find out what it is. Yeah. Uh, and I did ask, or I did say to folks that you can email me with a, an assessment um, if you're looking for yeah. for one. You can email me about it. And we had about eight people say who have either emailed me or talked to me after church saying I'd love to know. And so we've wow. been in communication. Okay. And I think that's it. It's the fact that we need to find out what that is, that gift or gifts mm-hmm. that have supernaturally been given to us. Then we have to figure out how to equip folks to use it. And as they grow in that gift, I would assume that that would also equal growing as a disciple, maturing as a disciple, because you're yeah. using that gift that God gave you for the purpose of using for the church, the building up the church, uh, bringing the kingdom of God uh, of heaven to earth, all of those things that he has commanded us to do. So. I think it's a process, but the hardest part for a lot of people is just really finding out what it is and then taking that first step. And so I was trying to hopefully get people motivated just to step out and go, I want to, I either know what my gift is, but where do I use it? Yeah, How do I use yeah. it? Or I don't know what it is. Help me figure it out. Okay. Um, and this has often fascinated me. And, and of course, I'm going to forget how I said these things in the past. I used to have a, a saying, but um, when we talk about this, the supernatural giftedness uh, that we are given in order to serve, um, many times, or I've ex- encountered, may, and not all the time, but there have been times where it seems that we can become uh, uh maybe overemphasize the fact that we have this gifting to the point that this is the only thing I can do. Um, you know, this is what I'm bringing to the table and therefore, uh, I'm going to close the doors on other avenues. And, and, and where do you guys land on that? It is just, if we have a gifting as Barkep, as you said, one or possibly more, um, does that mean that we can't be used in other ways and other avenues that may not be, uh, necessarily, uh, focused on that gifting, or there are there certain areas we kind of say, okay, if, if you're not gifted in that, that's not going to be necessarily where you need to be. Does that make sense, what I'm asking? I think the importance on that is what we are trying to emphasize even now is the idea of a team ministry, mm-hmm. that there's a team approach. And if you're on a team, then, which we hope that everybody who serves here is on a team in some form or fashion, uh, at times, you because of you being on that team, you'll be able to really step in into a very specific niche of your giftedness. But there'll be times on the team that you're going to help do something else mm-hmm. that's a little outside of your purview. But now you're just coming to assist someone else in what they're co- trying to accomplish in their spiritual giftedness. So does it mean that you can't serve anywhere unless it's your absolute, you know, pinpoint yeah. uh, giftedness? The answer is absolutely not, because you're helping everyone serve in their giftedness Mm. and that's why teams are so important and we don't want anybody out there in a a solo act so to speak uh, because once you do that you've taken yourself out of the koinonia Mm. the experiencing and participating together which too is all part of that bigger picture of the joy of the abundant life that Mm -hmm. we're not left out all by ourselves the abundant life is in community in community serving together side by side having that opportunity to serve in your giftedness and help others to serve in theirs Mm. i I hope that helps no i i totally agree with that i mean to think you know, if you think about all the gifts, we, we could go through them. But the one I meant, one of the ones I mentioned on Sunday morning, is the gift of discernment. We don't have a ministry called the gift of discernment, mm-hmm. so it's not like you're sitting here going, "Oh, you have the gift of discernment." We're, We're plugging need you, you into on the all mi- decisions. <laughs> yeah. Come on yeah. in. No, not even that, but it's the specific ministry of discernment. Yeah. Um, but if you're a greeter and someone's walking up, and you have the gift of discernment, and you're reading body language, you're reading maybe irritation or not irritation, but getting out of the car with all the kids or stress, then you're able to use that gift while being a greeter to welcome them in a way 
that is what they need. Okay. So I think, once again, you can serve in whatever capacity, and that mm-hmm. gift gets the opportunity, if you're, I think, in tune with the Spirit in that, you're, you're able to use it in whatever way you serve, whatever ministry it may be. Okay. So this is, a, I was just thinking about this, and as staff members, as leadership in the church, exec team members, and, and part of our job, as you uh, highlighted in Ephesians 4, is being able to equip the saints to do the work of ministry. But there's a reality if we're going to develop people in using their gifts that we're going to have to let some things uh, maybe be on shaky ground at times because we're allowing them to learn. How do you uh, personally kind of sit there and uh, be able to place that in someone else's hands knowing, you know, I might have done this a little bit different or, you know, from a leadership perspective, what is the, you know, how's the feeling of sitting there saying, okay, here's someone, because we're on the level, we do this every day, but this person's gifted and I don't want to take this away from them, but I'm going to have to let go of it a little bit myself. I think our, our success, our view of success is seeing someone else grow mm-hmm. and succeed. Yeah. And growth involves a process. And so as we are letting go, our ultimate goal uh, isn't necessarily that every single person who walks in the door feels welcomed, although that is a goal. Mm-hmm. But a goal is that we're developing all the people who call CBF their home, and that process is helping them to help others feel welcomed mm-hmm. here, which, you know, some are going to stub their toes a little bit just by way of a small example as far as welcoming is concerned. Yeah. But so our success is, oh, they're trying. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, they're, you know, they're seeing it. it it's mm-hmm. not unlike... Maybe this is not the best illustration, but it's not unlike parenting. I almost said the same thing. While we're, while we're parenting, it's like uh, I've said this in the past in a couple of illustrations. If you want your children to grow and mature mm-hmm. uh, while they're cleaning the kitchen, you expect them to break a few plates. Mm-hmm. If they're not breaking plates, they're not learning. <laughs> yeah. Something's, you know, somewhere along the way, they're going to mess up, just like we do, and we do regularly. And so you, there's a amount of freedom. When you see the bigger picture, the little stuff doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. No wonder my parents didn't want me cleaning the kitchen anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I broke too many plates. This is my personality. But I agree with you, and I think it's the same as... One, you, you got to get to know them a little bit, mm-hmm. but part of that is also you're letting them go and letting them yeah. learn. And obviously, I'm not in Barkev's lane of how many kids yet. Uh, we're, we are at three. <laughs> you're All, well on your way, I'm Bubba. getting there. And I think my wife wants it too. Right, Allie? Um, and so we're three in, all females, and that's great. But they're all different. Yeah. And even at a young age, even little Jovi, six weeks old, and the way she is at six weeks versus Joy or Jubilee, totally different. And so you take that same approach where you just go, man, this is who this person is, how God created them. Um, Obviously, they're not perfect, and there needs to be some leading there. But Mm -hmm. when it comes to them serving, we give them some guidance, some boundaries, but we let them go. Mm -hmm. And in those boundaries, as long as they're staying in there uh, to the degree that it's safe for everyone or whatever it may be, we allow them to explore and to try and to fail and then help them when they fall, not to stay down, but to get back up and keep going again. Awesome. Absolutely. I I think it's interesting, too, by the way, we're talking about how we're helping our fellow believers in the congregation to grow. Well, how the congregation allows us to grow. Yeah. Yeah. They watch us uh, maybe not preach the greatest sermon in the world. They Mm -hmm. watch us stub our toes up in front of everybody, and yet they show us grace and mercy in the process. They watch us not lead quite as well as we could have, or, Mm -hmm. or some of them can, but they they love us enough to hang in there with us and watch us grow and develop mm-hmm. as well. Well, I think that's a, that's a flip side to the statements that were made earlier. You're right. I have learned 
many things from congregation members who are much wiser, older than I have come up to me and said, hey, you know what? You know, the way you handled this or the way you led this might be. And in many times that situation has been, you know what? Maybe this just isn't my strength. And now that you've brought this to me, you're the better person for that. And so why don't you take that and run with it? Because then that that opens up that opportunity to where I may have been blinded to my own weakness, or maybe I was holding too tight onto something um, to let that uh, be taken up by them. And then you, it's almost as if they're wanting to ask you, let me do it. Will you let me in? Will Absolutely. you let me Will do you let it? me in? Um, and the way they're approaching that is just, hey, let me give you a little bit of uh, input. And, and really the message is, hey, I would love to take this and run with it. And, uh, you know, some once something someone said to me once is you never want to rob the opportunity for someone to use that gift. You don't want to be the one who takes that out of their hands just because you have a picture of the way things are, are going or maybe you're not recognizing where you might be weakest. But that also leads me to uh, another statement that was once said to me is, yes, we can take these assessments and the assessments are a great tool. But one of the ways that God uh, uses others in our lives is the confirmation of what that gift is and hearing their input or hearing or maybe even the first step of, you know, I think you might be good at this. Um, Or or what about the honesty of saying, you know, (laughs) it might not be your (laughs) thing. I know you think this is because because your hero does this. Yes. But that doesn't mean that's your calling. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's that's a kindness to be willing to step into that scary spot to say, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I really do love you, but this really doesn't look like it's your yeah. area. And I think you could have more joy if you try with something over here. Well, and I think that's the key is what you said. You'll have more joy. Y- you know, you might be trying to do this because you want to, but you're not experiencing back to the original point, the abundant life, because you're settling for something that's not the way God designed you to be. And maybe that's a strong language, but if that's the goal, then yeah, we have to put people, you know, in the places that God built them and designed them to serve. Um, so we got a few, we got a couple minutes left. So and maybe this question will take a little bit longer. But this is my uh, this is my hypothetical. Okay, here we go. In the previous weeks, I've given you a how do you explain this? How do you explain this? So Barkef, Michael. <laughs> Someone, here, here we go. <laughs> I strapped in. Yeah, here we go. go. Buckle up. Someone comes up to you, and their entire life they have felt that they have the gift of A. They take an assessment. You've gotten to know them very well, and the assessment and both the assessment and you feel that A is not it, but B is what the assessment tells you and what could be. How do you? gently and lovingly walk them through that uh i would just ask them some questions tell me about your experience so they're they're shooting at a and a's not theirs ask you know tell me about your experiences doing a Mm -hmm. and how how has that experience been and i think in the process they themselves can start you know i haven't really it it didn't turn out the way i thought it was Mm. And then you say, well, you know what, let me show you what this says here and what maybe I have observed if I've been close in. Or why don't you talk to a couple of people you've been serving with in that area and ask them, to give them the freedom yeah. to be totally honest with you. Tell them, look, I really want to know. Don't worry about hurting my feelings because I really want to know. And and let others speak into their lives mm-hmm. because it is a self-discovery process. Like yeah. you said, the, the assessment is just a tool. Mm-hmm. The ultimate issue 
is what you are experiencing and what those around you are experiencing when you're operating in mm. plan A, plan B, whatever yeah. the scenario there will be. That's that's what I would say. I'm right there with you. I my my initial thought goes to if I know and sense that A is not it for them. Obviously, this is easier with someone that you know better than someone that is new mm-hmm. or whatever. I would try to just persuade them to try something else for the sake of trying it. And then I would have the follow-up conversations to say, okay, now let's talk about that experience mm. on B versus on A or on C or on Z or whatever mm-hmm. we have to get to. Right, right. And so we go, okay, we just went through 20 What? Which one of these was it for you that you felt uh, that fullness that mm-hmm. we've talked about on Sunday mornings? But I think that's that's it for me where if, if you know – and I – I think I, I have, I've been told this, I have the gift of discernment. That's why mm-hmm. I was talking about it. Um, I obviously need to develop it. I'm young still, but got a lot to develop. But I think that is me in that role, looking at folks like on Sunday morning, thinking about this. Yeah. I'm asking them if they don't know their gift, let's take the assessment, let's figure it out. Mm-hmm. Hoping that I can then guide them into what that gifting or the opportunity to see, just to see yeah. if this is where the Lord is leading them. Um, and I actually kind of get excited about that. So cool. anyway, I, that would be me. Persuade them from A to B just to try it out yeah. and see. Well, and I think you guys, as we're wrapping up, you you both really hammered down on one thing without explicitly saying that this is very relationship driven. And that's what we've talked about a lot through this DNA series is this isn't uh, a, a, a removed kind of thing, though uh, finding your gift and discovering that is a self-discovery process. Once again, it's not something that's done in isolation and out on your own. It is part of that relationship where others are uh, confirming or encouraging or or driving us to look to see where God is getting. And of us. course, you, you want them to really pray about it. Yeah, you but do. Absolutely. Pray. There's something I want you to be thinking about, and, and I want to offer the idea that you might want to really hone in, ask some yeah. friends to pray with you about this, and, and, and you s- pray about it. Yeah. And since God is the one who's giving the gift, he's the first one we should be going Absolutely. to, because it's his Absolutely. gift. It's his giving it to us. So, Well, hey, I, I really appreciate you guys. I know we love doing this. I, I'm Love that our congregation is listening. Um, you know, you guys can actually uh, do us a favor. We haven't asked this in previous weeks, but I'm going to ask it now. If you guys are listening to this on a podcast platform, we'd love for you guys to give reviews. Reviews help us, one, get better at what we're doing. They also get this out some so that we maybe get a, get a wider reach and footprint out there in the podcasting verse however you want to say it <laughs> the verse the verse out into podcasting the universe the pos- right. podcasting universe so if you're listening like on itunes or apple Podcasts or one of those you know just jump in give us a review that helps us let us know hey it's awesome you know what you know maybe you guys can do this better but if you have questions or comments you can also email them to us at info at copelbible.org we haven't gotten any yet so you guys are not doing your job ask away <laughs> ask please away do. please so Uh, Until next time, Michael Barkef, thanks for being here. We had a blast, and we will talk to you later. Thank you for joining us for the Second Course Podcast. We hope you were blessed and encouraged by the discussion. If you'd like more information about Coppell Bible Fellowship, you can check us out at coppellbible.org or email us at info at coppellbible.org. However, the best way to get to know our church is to join us on Sunday at 9 or 1045 a.m. We would love to see you.